Noah, thank you for joining me all the way from Thailand. Bali. Bali, that's right. I knew it had an an I in it. <laughs> close, close, close right. enough. <laughs> um, thank you so much for writing to uh, have this talk we're going to have today. I really appreciate it. Um, tell me, what what made you write to me? Pure inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I know we were scheduled to talk, um, and we'll talk a little bit about this later, but we were scheduled to talk last week, but uh, you were going through what some people call a healing crisis, and I think you went through a lot more than a healing crisis, right? But you're, how are you feeling now? Yeah, I'm feeling much better, and I feel it's really appropriate that whatever took place last week took place you know, to, to mention this on, um, on this interview and in this conversation, yeah. because it's very, it's very relevant. And I like to call it healing event. That's a good point. Although, although it feels like a crisis, but it really is an event. And uh, yeah, I feel so much better now coming, mm. coming out the other side. <laughs> good. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not happy that you suffered, but I'm glad that I think you're right. It's very useful for us to talk about it today because a lot of people get confused about those things but we'll come back to it so tell me your story tell me how you started out tell me um your childhood how growing up how you felt compared to where you are now but how how was life back back then back then 60 million years ago <laughs> so as as we mentioned right before we start recording is uh, that I oh I always felt as I remember myself as a kid I always felt like a fish out of the water in a sense uh, in, on this planet and I remember even as a little kid that I questioned this world I, I would ask I can actual questions like why do we need governments or why do we need money I, I didn't understand all these man-made concepts basically so I was questioning all of it and obviously I didn't really get any satisfying answers from my parents or my older brothers so I just kept on questioning like what what this world is about I just didn't get it and even in school I felt like a fish out of the water throughout school years um, all the way through well, elementary school maybe I felt Somewhat, somewhat of belonging, belonging. But as I got into junior high and then high high school, completely like, what is this place? Um, and then when it came to the food part, um, I stopped eating meat when I was twelve, and that was, and I was never a big meat eater prior to that. I was never into fish. Uh, just I wasn't. I didn't gravitate towards the flesh. And but at the age of twelve, I put the dots together. Like the burger on my plate right here is a cow, and it was no, there was no influence um, of my parents or anyone in my family. It was just this light bulb that went on and went off. And I said, "Oh, I don't want to do that anymore." And I told my mom, "Stop bringing me this. I don't want to yeah. eat meat anymore." You know, I was listening to an interview some time ago of a a chef it was like a celebrity chef here in the uk and he was talking about he was italian and he was talking about how when he was a kid his they kept pigs and his one day he's um 
he and he made friends with you know he spent a lot of time outside and he spent time with the pigs and he loved them and then one day he saw what his favorite pig hanging up and he was distraught and he was absolutely uh, devastated crying and his dad i think he said his dad hit him or his dad shouted at him and said don't ever make friends with your food and i think what you said is because you, the younger we are the more the less influenced we are by the outside world at the beginning so i think a lot of children ask questions about why do we need money why do we need government i mean maybe not specifically but ask open more honest innocent questions but then i believe school is designed to beat that out of you metaphorically just beat it out of you wear your uniform which means you're all the same you're not individuals that's what uniforms are right um and a lot of people then conform and then their inquiring excited mind shuts down and then they just join the crowd so it takes i speak to a lot of people who like you resisted and i find it interesting how how that how that is why that is why some people resist on one some don't because it takes a lot of energy doesn't it and takes a lot of willpower and sometimes it's not even intentional to stay outside of the crowd because in psychology we're taught that we want to be in crowds and we want to be a part of a group and as a child i think i think we're quite um vulnerable um and to stay to intentionally stay outside of our peers groups is quite something so i always find that interesting and i'm always doing a fist pump for all of us that did that so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's interesting, and we can go into a deep conversation about this because it has a lot to do with the soul's journey, and each and every one of us has a completely different, you can say, screenplay right. to re to recite in this life, and so those of us that were not meant to or designed to confirm in that way and live that kind of life, it's not that it's better or worse or good or bad. It's just each of us has a different design and that much has to be respected. Now, I would say that for some of us, and I can speak for myself, I've always been a rebel. It's like, it doesn't matter like how, how much it, you, it, my soul was not designed to live in that kind of a box. Even my name, which is very interesting, NOA, Noah, which uh, was, it's, I was born in Israel. So it's a very common female name. And I found out when I moved to Hawaii years ago is that Noah means to be free in Hawaiian. Oh, wow. Free, freedom. And I was, I was shocked. I was just like, what? <laughs> and that's my given name. And my mom, that's, that was not the reason why she named me that, but she did little did she know because I, this is like my first priority top value is freedom. And, Absolutely. and, yeah, and so the kind of rebel that I've always been, you know, throughout school, throughout my life, I just could I can't put me in this like box. <laughs> and even still, even still, I, I, yeah, it's I, I, that's my journey, you know, and and I know that there's a reason for that. So I respect that. <laughs> Good for you, and keep rebelling. 
keep rebelling. We <laughs> must always, we must always do that. Um, so, yeah. so tell me, so then around 12 years old, you made the connection, you stopped eating meat and, um, before you um, joined the the um, the train of detox or what we call detox, because there's many many different perceptions of it, and and um, what you what you do now, did you suffer any health issues even then when you were like twelve or teens? Yes. So uh, my story is not one of you know, severe chronic illnesses. I came from hell and now I'm in, I'm in paradise. But as we know, pretty much every single person on the planet is sick to some degree, right? right. And now that I know what I know, I can say that, of course, I was, I was sick. Yeah, I didn't have anything chronic or, or life-threatening. But like, for example, I had acne. And then um, I had, I remember even as a kid, like lots of ear infections and throat issues, sore throats and things like that. Lots, lots of congestion in the head area, right? Now on a mental and emotional level, which is just as um, important as the physical, I, I would say I had some depression, um, things like that. I had eating disorders, you know. So again, now that I look back, I know that it's all related to the brain chemistry and the way it was affected for me. And I was depressed. I didn't like myself. I I went into some dark into some dark places. So I never had like major, major, major stuff. Um but I wasn't a happy kid. I just I wasn't a happy kid. I wasn't a happy teenager. Um, not, I, I didn't love myself and going back to why I, I wrote to you is, uh, is just that is to, to bring that self-love component into this whole mix of, of detox and health, because that has been one of the most important aspect of my journey is to come to that place of, of love. And I feel that that's, that's for the majority of us because we were never taught that. So I would say, you know, I was just in a dark place when it came to loving myself, accepting myself. <clears throat> so that, yeah, that was a big, that was a big thing for me in terms of health, because it's, it's not healthy to not no. love yourself and not accept yourself and things like that. Yeah. So in terms of health and physical health, um, it was never like major stuff, but definitely, you know, here and there those breakdowns that I experienced and things that I just didn't know. Oh, and dental issues from the moment I can remember myself, you know, like the teeth. So a lot of head area and, stuff yeah. and, and endo endocrine system that was completely down. And you know what's sad? I had acne, a lot of bad, bad acne as a kid too. But it's when everyone has it, and I say everyone loosely, right? generally speaking, when, when everyone at that age or most people of that age have it, it becomes normal and right and and we're all sick and we're all we're all suffering and it's like well it's normal you're at that age and it's not normal and you shouldn't be like that but we don't know anymore you know well we certainly didn't then anyway um but it's it's really sad because as you said at that age you're you're 
going through all sorts of emotions. You are growing. We're going from children to adulthood. We're transitioning. It's a quite a, I don't like to use the word vulnerable again, but you know, we're, we're at a vulnerable phase in our lives, um, trying to figure out our roles and where we fit in society and our peers and where we want to fit too, because we're so often railroaded into different, oh, these are the only options you have, which most of the time isn't true. Um, and yet we're suffering. So I'm sorry you went through that. And, and I know you probably speak for many people that uh, have gone through and, and are going through that too. Um, and what's interesting to me, as we were saying just before we hit record, is the word detox, detoxification. I think it's a really overused word because lots of people do, do detoxes and they do it for a period of time then go back to what they were eating they think it's something you just do for a period of time like a week that's what i say that's what i mean um and then they go back to eating their sad diet or whatever you want to call it um and i know that we have a a different interpretation of detox and maybe it, it aligns with the original definition of the original naturopathy, not today's modern naturopathy. So for many people, detox have has all these different definitions and ways of doing it. Um, what led you, what triggered you to find the way of detox that you're on now? You know, what you know detox to be. What what made you look through the, the myriad, the 5,000 different definitions what made you did you did you try other ones first or did you just land on this one and land on your feet okay so it's a bit of a lengthy answer that's good, <laughs> to, good. To a simple great question yeah and, and being the rebel that i am that's one of the reasons why i don't even call i call, i don't call it detoxification anymore i call it purification and i call it regenerative healing or regenerative health because I feel that what we do here and what we offer is just so much more than detoxification. Sometimes I'll use the word detox and detoxification for the simplicity of things because people understand that word. But I feel that purification really encompasses what this is about because <laughs> it is. It's the purification of the body and the entire entire system. So... Um, to answer your question now, um, uh, I'm like, where do I go? Yeah, so I've always been, I remember even as a kid, like I was always very fascinated about nutrition. So if there, if there was one good thing that came out of uh, wanting to be skinny and, and eating disorders and being obsessive about it is that mm -hmm. it, it put me on a, on a search to on a quest, you know, I was always curious to find out like, oh, what, how can I lose weight? Or, you know, what is like the healthy thing to do? And so I was curious and, and very uh, happy and eager to learn about nutrition. Um, so I started learning different things uh, along the way. And that's, it was a progression for me. So I didn't eat meat, but I was still consuming tons of dairy. And as, as we know, vegetarian doesn't mean healthy. So it was kind of like, you know, junk vegetarian, basically drinking lots of soda, like Diet Coke and things like that. 
So I started discovering more and more. Um, and then, you know, here and there, I would hear about detox because we're talking like this is back in the 90s, right? It wasn't like as trendy. Um, but I, you know, I, I started hearing about detox. And so I would try this, I would try that, nothing that I remember really clearly. Um, but yeah, I started removing things out of my food consumption. You know, I started learning about soy and I stopped eating soy and then it was the processed sugar and then it was like different 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 things and it was in two around 2008 is when I learned about raw food and everything about it made sense said wait we are the only creatures cooking our food that doesn't make sense so Everything about it made sense to me. And what was great is that I was living in New York at the time. And um, it was the trendy thing. You know, the raw food scene was kind of like at the begin beginning, and especially in New York City. So that's when the raw food restaurants started to pop. And it was a very trendy thing. So I was in love. You know, it's like, oh, my God, this is great. And everything that you can do with raw food. And then very shortly uh, after I had gone into this whole raw food thing, I discovered like the fruitarianism. And when I, now the thing is with fruits is throughout my life, Margo, and that's like one big common thread throughout my life, I've always been a fruit lover. Always. Since I was a little kid, fruit was my favorite food. Uh, but, you know, for a while there, I got into the stupidity of, oh, too much sugar. And I was like, oh, I, I'll just have one banana. And, this, you know, the, the, the silliness of that. Um, but then, yeah, I found out about fruitarianism. And when I read the book, the 80-10-10, I felt like I was reading the Bible. It's as if God himself gave me the permission to eat all the fruit that I wanted. <laughs> and I just... I think I read the book in two days, closed it. I said, hallelujah. And, um, and that's it. I was, um, I basically, ever since then, I didn't look back. I haven't looked back. And um, for almost a year and a half, I would say I was very, very strict. Um, only fruit and um, natural hygiene. You know, no other condiments, no, nothing at all. Just the fruits, the fruits. Now, that was before... I discovered Dr. Morris and like the official regenerative detoxification. I was basically going into detox, but I didn't know what I was really doing. I was just loving eating the fruits. And um, when Doesn't, I look back. Of, that yeah. natural, natural hygiene isn't that far from it, is it? Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I know there are differences, but that, but it's not, but it's a good step. Well, the natural hygiene, basically, it, it is based on living foods, fruits, right. vegetables, and, and they exclude, there's just like no oils, no salts, um, no condiments, no, it's just a natural hygiene. It's very, very, very clean. So I, I put it in the same category as fruitarianism, you know, because I don't get caught up in the details of like, well, they allow lettuce, but here they don't like i just don't right. work like that <laughs> yeah yeah so it's just made sense to me and then within that time frame 
it was very, very quick. For me, that's how it works. Like I find something and when it's my path, it's like, boom, you know, it's within a year. I'm like, oh my God. Um, so within that time frame, I started getting into juicing. And um, yeah, that's when I really just started to switch a lot of things around and, and got more serious about health. And within that time period, I also discovered Dr. Morse. And that's when I started following his videos. Um, again, that was back in 2009 or 10. So, so it was a while ago. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. Talk, he's so talking about that time on, on YouTube. That's about the time he started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I discovered him through Dan McDonald, which which probably some of the community members know him. You probably know him, Marco, as well. Absolutely. But that's when that's when Dan just started on YouTube and he was the one that kept talking about Dr. Morse because that's when he, he studied with him and he was talking about the herbs and everything. So it's through Dan that I found Dr. Morse and that's also how I got into juicing. Uh, but it wasn't until, yeah, years later that I actually got officially certified and, and studied with Dr. Morse himself and got more into the herbs and, and things like that. But that, so it was kind of like a natural progression for me to get into the detox. And it's, um, it's a lot of my own journey, you know, learning um, in recent years uh, about fasting, different types of fasting um, and, and higher levels of, of purification. Wow. And have you drifted away from that or have you, where are you now? Because you were saying you're, you know, the natural hygiene, Dr. Morse, that was about, what, 10, more than 10 years ago. And how have you been since then? Have you stayed on that or have you developed your own path? What have you done since then? Yeah, so, you know, there's no wishing. I've had the perfect journey that I'm, I had to have had up until this point. But if there was a wish, you know, I wish uh, I had... I had stuck to, you know, the fruits and the super, super clean and pure from the moment I started back then until now, because obviously my body would be in a much different position. However, <laughs> that wasn't the case necessarily. So like I said, for two years, almost two years, I was very, very strict and, and no cooked food, no, no nothing at all. And then um, let's say for several years, I mean, I always stayed with them ever since then majority is, is living foods. I, I never really went back to heavy cooked food or mainly cooked food. So it, it stayed heavy on the living foods. Um, but yeah, I had some deviations, you know, of, of for different reasons. And obviously Dr. Moore speaks about that, about this quite a bit. Um, just the emotional components for me and my relationship with food, my relationship to my body. So I was kind of like, yeah, I had some deviations. And then uh, in 2020, so I would say that that's really where my journey of purification really took on a whole nother level. And this is where I, I am now. So 2020 is when I embarked on my first water, like lengthy water fast, 21 days. And ever since then, things shifted dramatically and in 2021 i did my first extended juice feasting 
And then last year I did my second one. And then in between many different like little juice feastings and water and, and dry fasting and things like that. Um, and so the last three years have been, yeah, very, very high on that, on that train and still, you know, few deviations here and there, like, even if I just stay with the living foods for me, it's like the overeating aspect, you know, just the emotional stuff that I've been healing. And for the past year, so last year in September, I made a vow and I said, I'm just doing um, fruits for at least one year. Um, so I did like a four months juice feast. And then I pretty much stayed on on just fruits for that whole year up until now. Um, That's amazing. I had maybe like, yeah, maybe a few times, you know, like salads or some gourmet raw food, you know. But the thing is, it's like the body changes so much, or at least for me, it has, has been shifting so much that I just don't, I can't even have it anymore. Like even if, if there's a memory or I think like, oh, that will taste good, then I have it. And it's like, first of all, it doesn't taste as good and I don't feel so good. So um, yeah, now I, I, I'm, I'm pretty on the light side. Um, I prefer liquids. So most of my consumption is juices um, or I'll just blend stuff. And then fruits, um, and especially after what happened last year, Marco, I'm telling you, it was like such a process, like something shifted in my, in my body so much and in my mind <clears throat> that, um, yeah, just my body is, is, feels different, all I can say. Really? And how would you work? How, yeah. how different? What do you mean? Because obviously, I don't know, obviously three years ago you felt good, up, or you you would have said you felt good, but how do, how does that feeling good compared to net? You know what's happened since. Yeah, in terms of consumption, I, I, that's that's what. Let me just clarify when I say that my body feels different. It's like I don't want to eat as much, right? And um, it's just I just want to stay light, and I can I can feel it. Uh, you know, so my hunger is, feels a little bit different, and my level of satiation um yeah even even the dense fruits um are not as appealing to me as as they used to you know i like oh just give me the watermelons or the apples or things like that you know noah you touched on something that's uh that i think about or have thought about and that is i know that we know that humans overeat for two yeah. reasons, I think for two reasons. Well, take, taking the emotional side out, right? Because we find comfort in it. Because the 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 stuff that most people call that we call food that's in the supermarket, um, there's an addictive nature to that too. So all that aside, we overeat because um, a lot of the processed food that people eat is void of nutrition. So we're starving and we're eating, and then the the um the other thing is just habit but when you look in nature as we were talking about earlier we were talking about we're the only people that cook our food the only species that cook foods and things like that but the other thing that we do is we are because of the societal structure 
we've invented this breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we've invented these phrases that go along with it, breakfast, most important meal of the day, all these things that we're just bombarding ourselves with. But when you look in nature, and in when I say nature, that's a different, there's a difficult thing to think about nowadays because so much of the world is from, so much, well, I'm tying myself up in knots because I want to say so much of the world has been affected by humans geographically, but actually a lot of the world hasn't been affected by humans. But um, what I mean to say is that when a human looks at something, it's, it has to be from the human perspective. But in nature that humans have not interfered with, the animal, whatever animal it is, whether it's a meat eater or not, does not always find its food. The rabbit does not always find its acorn. The tiger does not always catch its antelope. And why is that? Because it's supposed to be that way. Right? It's supposed to be that you find food when you... when. So they're, they're constantly looking for food because it's not always available. In, in the natural, uninterfered with environment, it's supposed to be that way. So they are they they eat maybe maybe they'll eat a lot one day and then they won't catch something or won't find something for two or three days they're always looking but they're okay they're okay and they they are essentially fasting in between uh what we now label as fasting but the point is it's designed that way a lion doesn't have breakfast lunch and dinner an egg and a, a squirrel doesn't ha have an acorn for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But sometimes, you know, depending on the season and the, and disease, maybe in trees or whatever, whatever, it doesn't matter. They go without, and they're supposed to go without, because that's the way nature is. To me, the way nature is is the way it's supposed to be. Um, but as I said, of course, nature has been interfered with. We interfere with it, and then we call it natural still, and it's not. But yes, overeating, I think, is a been a good uh, not not good is a thing that we again as we were talking about acne is normalized um so it's interesting to me what you're saying that even in terms of um the community the health community of people you know what you what you're describing for some people is like oh my goodness juicing mainly wow a liquid mainly wow wow and then not some days not eating and even fruit being too much. Oh my God, this blows my mind. But I think what you're describing is what most of us should be doing. Really. You don't need to eat every, every day, you know, you know, what happens if you don't eat again, when we're sick, what, what do we tell each other? Or what do we tell? Oh, you know, uh, Noah's sick. Oh, is she eating? She has to keep her strength up, have to keep your strength up. You have to keep your strength up. So then you have um, you have this situation where you the first thing that happens when you're sick is you lose your appetite. And that's nature telling you you don't eat. And what do we do? We What do we say? Didn't feel like eating, but I forced myself because I have to <laughs> eat, right? I forced myself. So we're just losing our minds. We're just like complete psychopaths in what we're doing to ourselves. Um, so I love what you're doing. I love that you don't have you haven't created any boundaries. You're not fearful. I, I see a lot of people when they start out like this, especially at the beginning of their journey, they're still talking about calories. 
And yeah, okay, I want to do all through. I am doing all through, but I don't feel I'm getting enough calories. They're still in that kind of mindset when, when it's okay. It's okay. Just lose all of those restrictions, that prison that we've built ourselves in. Just, just break free from that, and it's okay if you don't eat or if you eat very little compared to what you were. That's because that's what it is. So I like that you said that. I think that's really important because I think some people might think that's extreme, but it's not extreme. It's, I think it's completely normal. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, beautifully said, Marco, what, what you just shared here. And ultimately, again, going back to every person has their own journey, right? Every soul signed up for something else. And of course, the rubble that I am, um, I signed up for for quite a task. And <clears throat> when it comes to the food and the consumption, definitely we've all been conditioned to overeat, even if the, if it's the fruits. Um, it's not about what. Oh, it's not just about the what we eat, but it's the how we eat it and how much of it. And that's something that I've seen in the health community and even the detox community in which um, there's still the perpetuation of uh, of overeating and even food I call it food pornography <laughs> right. you know a lot of like the the raw food you know you go to Instagram and it's just perpetuating the same addiction however though in the grand scheme of things it's um it's it's all about an individual's journey right and so the path of purification detoxification what we do here and with the fruits is actually, clearing the obstructions in the body and clearing the mental, the emotional baggage to move the person, to move the soul more and more in the direction of our natural state. And that is what you are describing. And our natural state is, it's really, I, I don't even use the word fasting, like you said, because it's another trendy thing, but it's basically just, you, you can go without food and not trip about it because your body is clean and your mind is clean and emotionally you've resolved a lot of the baggage. And this is a very important piece. Spiritually, we are fulfilled because a lot of this starvation that most humans experience is on a soul level. Like there's an actual starvation and then we go to the food because we are bored or we feel empty or uh, bazillion reasons, right? To just like stuff, put the thing in. So when we are fulfilled on those levels and the body is purified to such a degree in which we just live in our natural state and then there's food, there's no food, and it's okay. And there, it's just naturally we want to feel lighter. Like it's not, it's very important for me to express this and share that this has been such a progression, a gradual progression in my life. And I never thought in a million years, Marco, when I started this journey, that I'm going to, that I was going to find myself where I am today. And I've seen the trajectory of where I'm going after I completed the water fast, um, seeing that, oh, we actually don't need food, but there is a journey to get there. And it's not necessarily for everyone. You know, so at the beginning of the journey, even for me too, I was looking at calories, you uh, know, and it's just like getting enough calories and things like that. But yeah, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm, I need to look up something as you're talking about, because um, 
there's a book by an author. Huh? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to. I'm just going to find it. A Return to the Brain of Eden. Oh yes, yes. The, the book is right. Uh, the, by Tony Wright and Graham uh, Ginn or Jin, and that talk that book talks about um, how we were, how humans were. It, it talks about how humans were or could have been back in the day in the trees eating fruit, but being, but being at peace um and being connected in many ways um being connected to um i don't know what some people call source being connected to each other and how consciousness declined when our diets changed and yeah. i know that author is is not against eating the way you're talking about but he has said, I know someone contacted him, someone I know contacted him, and he said, you have to be careful. And he's, you've described it better because he said, you have to be careful going from a sad diet or a normal, you know, standard American diet for anyone that doesn't know that. You have to be careful going from that to perhaps what you're saying. And, but you're not, you, but what you're saying is, I think is correct. You're saying it's, it's a journey. It's a process that can take years to get there. But you can't do it overnight. You're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely right. In fact, it's something that you shouldn't do overnight. Um, and, no. and I don't think you can, right? Because it's a mental process as well. It's a mental or spiritual journey, and you you're not ready to do that. Right. And and again, it's just everyone has a complete different set of. Um, uh, Mileposts, I guess you can say, along the way, and I can only speak from my experience and what I came here to resolve and and to transform. And it's very important also that it's just to let it be a process, not like a mental thing of, oh, I heard Noah or I read this book or I heard whoever talking about eating this way or not eating or and then I'm going to do it because it's not about doing it. It's something that occurs. It's something that unfolds. It's something that presents itself to an individual. And I always encourage everyone to just let yourself be intuitively guided. So I might give you the guidelines. I might assist you with some you know, just like a guide is going to tell you, well, watch out for this. And, you know, uh, around this corner, you might find this and that. But ultimately, you're going to have the backpack on your back and you on, you're on your way. And for you to use your intuition and know, okay, now I'm going to turn right. Now I'm going to turn left and, and allow the journey to be unique to you. And you become your own guide, which is the way. It should be right. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Now we can help. We can help each other for sure. Uh, absolutely. That's why there's many of us here. But yes, be your own guide, and it's it's got to be empowered in that way. And also, each individual has their own compass. Like I don't know what's going on in in your body. Um, I don't whatever emotional stuff that you're dealing with, whatever your soul's journey is. I can claim to know it. Absolutely right.
So, so where are you now then? Are you helping? Um, are you helping other people? Um, are you sharing your knowledge? How? how yes. Do you do that? Yeah. Well, I've been in in a massive cap cocoon <laughs> in the last few months uh just again internal guidance to take a step back from from technology even because that's another thing that i'm becoming more and more sensitive is technology and looking at screens and it's interesting marco because that same day last week or the day before when i went down my computer went down <laughs> It? it was just like this the screen doesn't work you know I, I turn it on and it's not working i'm like wow that's interesting so uh, i would love to do more like to just be in person more so the the grand vision for me is to have an actual place a geographical place a, a purification regeneration center that people can come and be guided personally because as you know it's 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 so different when somebody is able to just go somewhere and have their juices made and they can really rest and get all the body work that they need and 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 just unwind from whatever else is is going on in their lives so that's that's where my north star is at the moment um to find where that place is where I can start bring people to me. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, I, I work online with, with clients and groups and guide people through extended salt vacations, I call it, or juice feasting. Um, and then just, yeah, the detoxification. And I work with each individual where they're at, you know, so it's not like, oh, we're just going to do an extended juice feasting starting tomorrow. You know, for some individuals, that's just dangerous. So it's absolutely gradual absolutely. transition. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll I'll put the ways to contact you in the description of the video. But you, there's something I before we go. I think there's something that we have to touch on, and that is elaborate that last week. Last week we were due to talk, and and we weren't able to because you were you were experiencing some. Um, normal effects of this lifestyle we go through periods of um you call it a healing event as you said other people the common term is a healing crisis which i think can sound negative so i like a healing event um but it's something that is really important to discuss because in my experience talking to people and in my own personal experience when you go through that or when someone that you love and care for goes through that that's when you're at your weakest and you fall back on your programming. You forget, you can forget everything. Um, and you can take medication and sometimes you need to, you need to manage it, right? Because if, if the event is really serious, you need to get through it. But at the same time, we are at our most, I, I feel, I have felt over the years watching people go through it, and going through it myself, I've seen, uh, I think we're at, that's when we're at our most fragile and most open to the things that we used back in our old life. Um, you know, you're, you're because it's, it's bad, it's uncomfortable. You might be in pain and you're programmed to think that's a bad thing and that thing needs to stop. That bad thing needs to stop and it needs to stop now. So where's the painkiller? Where's, what do I do to make it stop? Whereas the correct Thing to do is to just sit there and wait and 
manage it the best you can still do things right to make make yourself more comfortable um i'm reminded of years ago maybe around 2008 i was following this is this seems so not relevant but it is i was i was i've always been interested in bears right grizzly bears black bears all sorts of bears i love them teddy bears i don't know all sorts of bears i love them <laughs> And I was following a, a bear biologist from Minnesota who was the first guy to put webcams inside bear dens for the winter because the story goes that the bear goes in the den in the beginning of the winter and wakes up in the spring and has babies and didn't even know about it because they sleep for six months. And, of course, this guy broke that that myth and you see because you could log in and see the bear at 24 hours a day you could see the bears he had lots of webcams in different dens and the bears were just snoozing waking up having a look going out maybe coming back having the babies playing with the babies in the den but one day one of the bears got sick they were wild bears they weren't in captivity and he got very sick and the bear was having what we call diarrhea and the, the researcher, the guy, the biologist, who's a scientific, has left his community because he's working with wild bears now and he doesn't, it might not seem relevant, but it is. He's not doing what other scientists do. And of course, when you break away from the crowd, as we were talking about earlier, you're criticized, you're, you're out of fear, I think, out of fear. And he was watching this bear. He was monitoring it. And the bear got very sick and he was putting on his blog, she hasn't moved for two days. She hasn't eaten. And back then I was, I had just been with following Dr. Morse for about a week or no, not a week, a year or two. And I was thinking, that's okay. She knows what she's doing. And he said, oh, maybe I need to tranquilize her and get a vet and maybe get some antibiotics. And I was thinking in my head, no, leave her alone, leave her alone, right? And then to his absolute astonishment, he said, five days later, she got up and walked like there was nothing wrong with her. And she just carried on her life as though nothing happened. But in that five days, she didn't move, didn't eat, didn't drink, didn't anything. And she wasn't thinking about fasting. She wasn't thinking about, got to keep my strength up. I've got to get some berries to keep my strength up. But she wasn't doing any of that. She was just sitting there thinking, I don't feel well. Um, and that's nature's way. That's nature's way. Um, but they're not bombarded. Going back to what we were saying, they're not bombarded with advertising communities in the same way, you know, societal structures, cultures, beliefs. They don't have that. They just follow their instinct, which is something that you were talking about earlier, something that we've all but lost and we're trying to regain. Um, but again, let me now come back to... Uh, uh, come back on point it can be a scary place when we go through a healing event um and somebody from dr morse's clinic um and a good friend of mine now um called shannon said to me some years ago when um it was happening to it was happening to my wife years ago she was very sick and Shannon said to me, don't forget, 
your body has its own intelligence. And it doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what your faith is. It doesn't matter if you're watching TV or not. Your body knows what it's doing. And I think that's the most important thing that we we should remember as anyone listening to this now that hasn't had a healing event yet, if you're thinking, you know, you will. You will if you do this, you will. And that's the that's a, a time where you have to reframe what you're going to experience and not be fearful. Would you agree with Would you agree with that? Oh, a bazillion percent, yeah. And a healing event is also it can be physical, and it can also be emotional, and the two are connected. A physical healing event, I would say, never happens without any just emotional components, and. Um, because it's a purification that takes place on all levels, especially when there's a fever involved, right? So just to give a, a, a bit, like just to touch on, on what I experienced last week is what initiated it is that um, I did a three and a half days on just water. And then I transitioned. I mean, I stayed very light. Just I added some coconut water, a little bit of lemon juice, which is, you know, will kick your butt. And then and, and some herbal teas, and so by the fifth day, so it's three and a half days on, on water, and then the coconut water addition and some lemon juice, on the fifth day is when I went down with that high fever. So, and so for three talk days. Us, talk us through what happened. You had a yeah. high fever. It started with a fever? Yeah. So it was Thursday, right? And so I went for a swim in the morning. I, I'm right by the ocean here. So I went for a swim. And then I felt a little weird when I was in the water. I felt this like, you know, a little bit of the achy joints, which I'm familiar with. And like, wow, it kind of feels like something is, is coming on. And... Uh, and then as the day progressed, progressed, I, yeah, I, I felt like, oh, I, I have a fever. I checked. It was like a hundred, um, a hundred point something. And then, yeah, it just kept going up. And by the time I got to the evening time, it was, um, anywhere between 101 point something to 102.5. That's the highest it got to. Wow. And then, um, yeah, and then throughout the day, though, I kept having um, evacuations and like, maybe this is TMI, but just kind of like diarrhea style, but it was just bile, you know, just like yellow stuff with mucus. Wow. And that was, thro that was throughout the day. And then um, as I got to the evening time, I, I had a headache the size of Australia. And my whole body was achy. And throughout the night, I kept not only having the diarrhea, but then I started throwing up. So that was a real kicker. Um, you know, I don't. Yeah. So my body was definitely eliminating from many channels. And then the fever. I mean, I, I'm, I always celebrate fever. When my clients get fever, I'm like, hallelujah, this is the best. Um, I love fevers in the sense of I know they burn off not just on the inside internally, but it's a very, very profound spiritual purification that happens when there's a fever. So I was very happy, although I was miserable <laughs> um, because it ended up lasting for three days. Usually for me, fever lasts for 24 hours, 36 at the most. This time it was the full 72 hours. 
once I got to the second day, I knew, ah, this is going to be a three-day adventure. At least I stopped throwing up and having diarrhea, but uh, the fever was there. I was super achy, super weak. And emotionally, it was, uh, it was a lot that was moving through me, lots of crying and such. So going back to your question, if I agree, yes, there's nothing to fear. And that's where the, the fear can be the most toxic thing, basically. So I know my body has its own intelligence. And I, I walk with God. So I always remind myself I walk with God, not with fear. And I just let things run their course, like you, just like the bear. Um, I let the headache be there, although I wanted to rip my head off my shoulders, and I just kept putting, you know, wet a cold towel on my forehead and my my neck, and I was like, I'm not going to put anything in my body. I didn't even usually I would take, you know, like essential oils or things like that, and right. I had a very clear guidance to not interfere with the process, not even with like natural stuff at, at, at that point. Um, so I just kept doing whatever I could on my body to alleviate the discomfort. But in a sense, that was also part of the journey. It's like you said, just be with the discomfort and just let it run its course. That's very important because, again, when we're facing discomfort or pain we say the most and we think the most weird things things like will, will it go yes and, and of course it will go you're never going to be in that state forever but we think it, we're so desperate for it to go we say will it go what do i have to do oh my god i've had a headache for it's been 20 minutes now you know or i've had a fever now and, and i've had it since since lunchtime and it's like three o'clock, what do I do now? And it's okay. The answer is you don't do anything, right? It's okay. You let you, as you say, you make yourself comfortable, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You're, and, uh, and Marco, this is actually very important to mention because to, again, explain people the nature of healing events and how things, even after years and years and years of being on a, on this journey, a healing event can occur of things that are so lodged in our cellular memory. So when I was puking on that first night, I had the intuitive knowing um, this, whatever was coming out of my system too, was related to, I had mono when I was around that age, if I remember like 12 or something like that, I had mono. And of course, back then, they just gave me antibiotics. But I remember, I remember that one night, that one day that I was puking pure bile, and it was so miserable. And I totally got this message like, oh, I am detoxing some of that antibiotics or the toxicity that is in my liver that is coming out now after how many years, like more than 30 or something. I don't even know. It's happened to me. No. It's happened to me. Not in the same yeah. way, but it's happened to me. I remember I remember back in the day I was given because of my acne I think I I was on antibiotics for for years and at one yeah. point my body had enough. I wasn't I didn't know anything about detox. I didn't know anything about anything. 
I was just eating Italian mum and dad, Italian food, starchy, starchy. But one day my body had enough and I was vomiting and it ended up as bile. It was bright green. And my dad called the doctor and the doctor said, because he just changed the antibiotics. And he said, I shouldn't have changed those antibiotics. And I was, I remember lying there on the bed with a towel because I was just, just, and I remember thinking, my dad said, oh, the doctor said he shouldn't have given him to you. And I remember thinking, I think I was about 15 or something. And I think, what do you mean you shouldn't have given it to me? I ingested it on your advice. And now, you, and I can't uningest it now. And I was quite angry as, as much as I could have been when I was feeling really low. But I thought, I felt quite, I don't know, violated that I'd, I'd take, because your body's sacred, right? When you ingest something, it's something important. You need to know what it is you're taking and you trust these people. And then they say, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have given it to you. And I would just, I, you know, I don't know. I wanted to punch it <laughs> because I thought you can't, you can't be in that position, give me it, and then say, yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. You, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be able to do that. But I'm glad yeah. we touched on it because it's an important thing and it's an important thing to, remem to, to remember because, as I said, I've seen many people leave leave this journey some people i know have just gone back to normality mainstream maybe they were just waiting for an excuse to do that um but a healing event a healing crisis whatever you want to call it is something that is a crucial part of this journey and we should prepare for it and and no matter how we prepare for it when it happens that's when you need to remember it the most and and have the I don't know. I don't like to use the word faith and and because some people get triggered by these words, but again, it's okay. We shouldn't we, we should learn also not to be triggered by anything, right? Because everything's okay. Yeah, and I I years ago somebody shared this uh acronym for faith, which is finally allowing to happen. So exactly that, right. You're exactly right. I couldn't yeah. agree more. <laughs> no, Noah, it's been um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I think I've spoken with you now longer than I've spoken with anybody in an interview. So I really, I don't like to put any boundaries. I didn't want to stop it just because my 30, 45 minutes clock said so. As you said, no boundaries, let it all happen. It's all good. Um, I will put your details, your contact details and... Um, everything in the description but i really want to thank you uh for your time and for everything that you've described and i wish you nothing but health and happiness and i look forward to us speaking again thank you so much michael i want to thank you not just for this interview and your time and your energy but everything that you do for this community and ever since you've stepped into this to, to this community and this space it's been an absolute pleasure so thank you so 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 much for everything that you are and everything that you do well um there's is i might be here now talking with you that that uh there's a there's a group of us there's uh, debbie and nick class and we all work together uh but i appreciate your words we all do thank you Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank and you. Let's speak again soon. Okay, Michael. Sounds good. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.